Welcome everyone to the Grinded Podcast. Nipsey Hussle is going to bring us in just a little bit with Grinding All My Life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got the roll of dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Uh. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. Welcome to the Grinded Podcast. I just want to say thank you for being a listener. Thank you for watching on YouTube. Thank you for sharing the Grinded Podcast with the people that you know. And may God bless you for doing so. We're breaking down Acts chapter 8. I believe this is the third podcast for this chapter. I told you that it is just jam-packed with all kinds of good stuff. And and there's really a whole lot more that I'm just not covering in in these podcasts because you know we'd be here for a long time if i did that um but i want to get back into acts chapter eight um and I, I we're talking about how persecution has just elevated and elevated and it has gotten so strong to the point that, that uh stephen has been stoned and, and paul or well, saw i'm sorry it, it is paul but right now he is saul He's going from house to house here in Acts chapter 8, and he's dragging Christians out of their home, and he's having them put in prison. And uh, a lot of them are losing their lives. I mean, homes are being busted up and uh, for the sake of the gospel. And, and yet the church just keeps on growing and growing and growing. And at this point in time, the church is only in Jerusalem. And if you remember, when Jesus was having a conversation with his disciples before he ascended, he told him, he said, he said, you go back to Jerusalem and you wait for the promise. And when that promise falls, you're going to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and throughout Judea and Samaria and then to the rest of the world. And that's exactly what happens here in Acts chapter 8. And it's all because of the persecution of these religious leaders um, and I want to ask you, have, have you ever seen uh, these big old giant anthills? Um, I, I had a friend that, that, that had family that lived in Alabama when I was younger, and we would go down there and visit. And I, I remember walking down the road, and you see out in these fields, these I mean, they would be two to three feet tall, these anthills. And I'd never seen anything like it before. You know, and I had to ask him, I was like, what is this? And he, and he said, they're fire ants. Which you know they hurt, they they bite you, sting you, or whatever, and uh, so we would go uh, to some of these ant hills, and 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 you kick uh, the top of it off, or you put your foot through the side of it, and you move it out real fast because if you don't, they'll swarm your leg and just you know hurt. Um, and so millions of ants would just scatter like crazy. Um, it just just go everywhere, scampering everywhere. But it took an outside force to do that, like our feet, to make that happen. Because it, if, if, if we didn't come along and, and kick the anthill, the ants are content on the inside of that ant. They're, they're doing their ant thing, right? They're just living life. And, and so it, it took an outside force to get these ants all stirred up on the outside so that we could see them. And that's exactly what God did with persecution, the church was settled in Jerusalem, and, and they're preaching to the Jews only at this point. And it, it's, it's growing on a daily basis, but Jesus had said that the message would go beyond 
Jerusalem. And like that anthill, it took an outside force, which was persecution, to get it done. Now, listen to me close. And I want you to hear this. Sometimes God allows things that hurt us deeply to kick us into gear and get us going. I didn't say God does it to us. I said God allows it to happen. Sometimes it's Satan. Sometimes it's God. Sometimes it's just consequences of our, cho- our bad choices. But God allows things that hurt us deeply to kick us, to, to happen, to kick us into gear and to get us going. We get comfortable. And when we get comfortable, we get lazy. We, we become complacent. Now, I've been a Christ follower since I was 11 years old. My sister led me to the Lord when I was 11 years old. And when I was 19, I really amped up my game. Uh, But Satan came against me in in a powerful way. And at one point, I I didn't think I was going to be able to handle it. But just like the Bible says, it came to pass. And, and, And the storm passed. And I stayed faithful to God through it all. And and and. I made it through it. I was going to be. I saw that I was going to be able to handle it, and I did, with the help of Jesus. And so I continued in the faith. Um, but also, just like Jesus, when when I shared in the last podcast, when the devil came against him to tempt him for those forty days out there in the desert, Luke says in four thirteen that it was for a season, or the devil would come back at the next opportunity. And so what happens in our lives, you know, a storm will come and a storm will pass, right? As it does, just like in the weather every day, or not every day, but every few days. And so a life challenge happens and we'll get through it and, and, and the sun shines again. And so we live life for a little while, but all of a sudden another life challenge comes along. And, and, and that's exactly what happened to me. I didn't think I was going to make it through this, this rough ordeal this one time, but I, I made it through it. And then a, a couple of things happened all at the same time. And I, I, I mean, I, I, I just knew I, was, I wasn't going to be able to handle it. It was so bad. I would never, ever wish what I went through on anybody, on anybody at all. I, I, I was dealing with, like I said, a couple of things at the same time. Uh, something happened, uh, and, and, and I, had, I was having a back, three back surgeries at the same time. And, and so dealing with this certain situation and it being laid on the couch for seven months and, and, then, and then having to go through two more back surgeries and having to deal with what was going on, it was too much. And I was taking, uh, I was taking 10 to 15 Percocets and, and hydrocodones a day. And then... I started drinking on top of taking the pain pills. So I was taking 10 to 15 pain pills a day and drinking. I mean, to, just to be honest, I, I can't even believe I'm, I'm sitting here being able to do this podcast with you. I'm surprised that I'm still alive. And, and so were my doctors. I mean, they've checked out my liver and, and, and run all kinds of tests, and, 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 and I'm good. But I didn't think I was going to make it through it. Uh, I didn't. I really didn't. At the time, I didn't care if I made it through it. If you, if you saw the pictures that I drew and the poems that I wrote during that time, it, they're they're so dark. It, it, it just it's just dark. It was is is the the worst place I was I had ever been 
in my entire life. And like I said, I would never wish that upon anybody. But you know what? The storm passed and the sun shined again. And, and, and looking back, uh, I, I see lessons that God wanted me to learn. And, and even though sometimes today I, I still struggle with what happened, not, not, not the pain pills or anything, I don't take any of that stuff, but, but I, I still struggle with some choices that were made in, 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 in that difficult time. And, but I still keep walking with God, trying my best to live for Him on a daily basis. And yes, yeah, sometimes I stumble, sometimes I fall. You know, like the DC talks, like, what if I stumble, what if I fall? Uh, you know, what if I make fools of us all? Um, but I try to walk with God every day on a daily basis and live for Him and making good decisions that would lift Christ up and exalt Him. And I, I'm sure that you, you, you know what I'm talking about. You've been there. You've you faced life challenges, and, 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 and God has brought you through those. So, you know, everybody has a story. Everybody has a story, and everybody deals with crap. And so the, the thing is, God brings us through this crap, and, and the sun shines again, and God is glorified. But He, he, he teaches us lessons when those times come. And so I want to give you just a, a little bit of advice, if, if you'll allow me. When something horrific happens in your life, when a, when a life challenge comes, don't blame God. Don't get angry with God. Don't run from God, but instead run to God. So many times we just draw up in isolation. I know I've been there. I've done it. And so what I'm saying is not easy. It's very difficult. But if you do what I'm saying, it, it'll help you out. I promise. Don't get angry with God. Don't blame God and don't run from God. Run to God. Ask this question. What What is God trying to show me in this situation, what lessons am I to learn from what I'm going through? Look, God didn't even spare his own son. He allowed Jesus to take the beating that would kill a lot of men. And then he allowed him to hang on a cross for six hours before he took his last breath. So if God didn't spare his own son, why would he spare us? We're not any better than Jesus Jesus was perfect. He never did anything wrong. So when we look at life challenges like this, you know, what can I learn from this situation? We, then we see our faith grow stronger. And we can take the lessons that we learned from the life challenges and we can help other people who are struggling with something very similar. Jesus told his disciples that they would be his witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the rest of the world. He never told them that pain and suffering would be involved. He didn't tell them that they would lose loved ones in the process. He didn't tell them that they would get the flesh ripped off their backside because of their faith. He didn't tell them that they'd be stoned to death for it. He didn't tell them that their heads would be cut off, James, the first apostle who was uh, martyred, we'll see on down the road. Jesus didn't tell them that they'd be losing their head for the gospel's sake. He didn't tell them they would be crucified, Peter, upside down for, for his faith. But that's exactly what he used to get the church going 
outside of Jerusalem. Persecution. Like the, the foot kicking the side of that anthill or kicking the top of that anthill. It took an outside force to get those ants to scatter. And they went everywhere when we did that as kids. And it's like God is just taking his foot and boom, kicking the side of that anthill. And he's kicking the church and he's saying, it's time for y'all to get out of Jerusalem and, and, and start preaching my message to the world. And so he'll, God allows persecution to happen. And he, uh, he took that persecution and, and, and it, it took the church beyond the walls of Jerusalem. And that's what we see uh, here in Acts chapter 8 when Saul comes in wreaking havoc on the church that the church just scatters like these ants. And when the church scatters, when these Christ followers move off into other places to get away from the persecution, they take their faith with them and they share Jesus with people outside of Jerusalem to whatever city they move on. And we're going to see here when we come back from break uh, the example that is given here in Acts chapter 8 is Stephen. I mean, I'm sorry, is Philip. And we can see the difference that one person can make if they will be faithful with what God wants them to do. We'll be right back. I have nothing left. Is there anything that doesn't look like it's hurt? Your shorts. My shorts. They're dirty. So I left off by saying that how God takes Philip. One man, just one man, and he does so many great things. And if we will allow God to use us and to work in us and through us, he will do the same thing with you and me. Um, Luke turns his attention from how one man wreaks so much havoc on the church in, in Saul to how one man, Philip, pushed, uh, he was pushed out because of persecution he took his family to Samaria away from the persecution and God uses this one man to have a great impact on Samaria. Check this out. Acts 8, 4-17. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. And so he gives an example. Verse 5. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and he told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs that he did. Many evil spirits were cast out screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there many years, amazing the people from Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Everyone from the least to the greatest often spoke of him as the Great One, the power of God. They listened closely to him because for a long time he had astounded them with his magic, but now the people believed Philip's message of good, of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he began following Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the signs and great miracles that Philip performed. And when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Philip, uh, the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. And as soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, nowhere in this passage do we read where God sent Philip to Samaria, 
or he, he didn't have any visions. There were, there, there were no special messages from an angel. No, there was nothing. He left Jerusalem because of the persecution, and he decided on his own to go to Samaria. And because that he chose to do this and he obeyed, he went, Samaria would never be the same because he shares Jesus with the people and many of them were obedient and were baptized for the remission of their sins. They heard the message. They saw the miracles that he performed. Great joy filled the city and men and women, plural, believed the message and were baptized. But here's the cool thing. It gets even better than that. A man who had deceived the people with his sorcery, Simon, right? He was converted. And then the apostles that are back in Jerusalem, because that's where the church was, right? It's just now starting to scatter. So you got the apostles back in Jerusalem. They hear what's going on in Samaria. And so they want to check things out. So they, they send Peter and John down to Samaria uh, to, to see what's going on. And when the, uh, the when Peter and John get there, they meet these believers and, and they lay their hands on them so they can pass on the power of the Holy Spirit. So you can see how this one man has made such a huge difference in Samaria. He, ha he has brought great joy to the city. He ha All these lame people and sick people are being healed. They're hearing the message of Jesus Christ. They're being saved. Men and women are baptized. Then you have this sorcerer who has deceived many people, yet people respected him. He becomes a Christian. These apostles arrive. They pass on the power of the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't stop there. It gets even better. For in verse 25, it says, After testifying and preaching the word of the Lord in Samaria, Peter and John, who had came down, right, to, to, to check out what's going on, they had to return to Jerusalem. So they go home, and they stopped in many Samaritan villages along the way to preach the good news, Luke says in verse 25. And so because Philip chose on his own to take his family away from the persecution into a land that was safer at the time, it, the, the Samaria is never the same. All these great things happen. And, and, and now that Peter and John have come down and, and passed on the power of the Holy Spirit, they go back. And as they go back to Jerusalem, they pass through all these villages on their way back to Jerusalem as they're going through Samaria and they are preaching the message of the gospel and giving other people hope. All because of what Philip did. He chose to go to Samaria on his own and preach Jesus, and give those people hope, and great joy filled the city. Men and women both give their lives to Jesus Christ. Lives were touched. Lives were changed. The church is growing outside of Jerusalem. Simon the sorcerer is even converted. People are filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Peter and John go back to Jerusalem, giving more people the opportunity to be saved. People sometimes have a feeling of, what's the use? I'm only one person. What can I do? But with, if you think about it like this, with God working in you and through you, you can do a lot. You can do a lot because God is going to use you in a mighty way. And Philip is a perfect example. He was an ordinary dude. He was an ordinary person just like you and me.
who loved Jesus and he wanted to give other people the same hope that he had. And that's exactly what he did. He allowed God to use him right where he was there in Samaria. And God will do the same if you will allow him to use you. Uh, but God wasn't finished with, with Philip. <clears throat> At the end of, of Acts uh, chapter 8, we hear we read of the story of the, the, the Ethiopian eunuch. And it says in verse 26, it says, As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down to the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. And he started out and he met the treasure of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great uh, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And the Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. And Philip ran over, and he heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. And Philip asked, Do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, How can I, unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. And the passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, as a, and as a lamb is silent before her shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or somebody else? And so beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. And as they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, Look! There's some water. Why can't I be baptized? And so he ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the town of Azotus, and he preached a good news there, and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. Now you're talking about a divine appointment. This was definitely a divine appointment. This guy is traveling in the desert by himself, right? Nobody's around. He's minding his own business. He's reading his Bible when all of a sudden a stranger, stranger danger, a stranger appears out of nowhere and he's wanting to have a Bible study. And he's reading Isaiah 53 and, and, and he asked Philip to explain it to him. And, and, and Philip did exactly that. He didn't chase any rabbits. He didn't go to a whole bunch of, you know, he didn't chase, he didn't go into a bunch of tangents or anything. He, he's, he just took the man where he was at, reading in Isaiah 53, and he shared with him Jesus. There was no, we need to study for weeks at a time you know, if you're really going to fully understand what you're doing. No, it was none of that. Philip took the words of Isaiah the prophet, and he shared Jesus with the eunuch. And as they're traveling down the road, they come up on some water, and the, and the eunuch says, look, there's some water. What's keeping me from being baptized? And so Philip baptizes the guy, and as soon as Philip baptizes the eunuch, he's snatched away, literally snatched away by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he's taken to this place called Azotus, where he preaches the gospel, and he continues preaching the gospel as he travels to Caesarea. And we know from Acts 21, verse 9, uh, that that is where uh, Philip settles down with his family, and Luke points out that he has four unmarried daughters that prophesied. Now you talking about beam me up, Scotty. It was literally, the unit didn't get to say goodbye. He didn't get to say thank you or nothing. They come up out of the water and the Holy Spirit just snatches Philip away and puts him down in Azotus where he tells more people about Jesus. Uh, there's, there's just so many great lessons 
in Acts chapter 8. Um, and it's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. I, I, I really love this story of Philip because unlike Paul, uh, when he, he's converted, when Saul was converted after persecuting Christians and everything, and he comes to Christ, uh, well, he didn't come to Christ. Christ came to him and knocked him off his horse. And it, but, when, but what I mean is when he was converted to Christ, you know, he he would get visions. You know, you come over here to Macedon, the Macedonian cause, what we call it. You know, God would tell him where he needed to be and where to go many times. And uh, But with Philip, it, it wasn't that way. Philip was just... He was just an ordinary dude who was filled with the Spirit of God, and he loved God, and he wanted people to have the opportunity to be saved. And, and because of persecution, he, he, take, he wants to get his family to a, a place of safety. So he goes down to Samaria, and he, it, it, even though he's going down to Samaria, and he ends up in Caesarea, all along this way, he's preaching about Jesus. He's giving people the opportunity to be saved. He's giving people this message of hope. And hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. And that, that I hope that you can, you read Acts chapter 8 with no commentary from anybody, especially me, but just read it and draw some inspiration from Philip because he was just an ordinary dude who loved Jesus and he wanted people to get to know Jesus as well. And that should be our heart. That should be our desire. We, we are to produce fruit. And the only way we can produce fruit is, is to share Jesus with others. And, you know, and a lot of people are not comfortable doing that. We're, we're, we're full of fear, and fear holds us back. And we, we have to get over that. We have to get beyond that. We have to be bold. I mean, just like the apostles were filled, the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. But before they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they, they were shy. They, they were quiet. They, 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 just, they didn't have the boldness that they had. But when the Holy Spirit filled them in Acts chapter 2, they were full of boldness for God and for Jesus. And they, they told right into the face of the religious leaders, they're, they're, they're literally facing death. And they said, we can't help but to preach and to teach in the name of Jesus, and we're going to keep doing this. So draw some inspiration from Philip here in Acts chapter 8 and, and share your faith. Give people the same opportunity that you have, and that's to get to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior so that they too can have hope, that they can have the, the, the strength to draw off of when they go through life challenges, that they can, they can have somebody walking alongside them because Jesus will walk alongside them and help them through their life challenges. But more than that, that they can go to heaven when they take their last breath upon this earth and they can be with, with Jesus for an eternity, just like you're going to get to experience. Share your faith with somebody. And God bless you for doing so. And I hope that you have an awesome day and that your week is blessed. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time. And when a challenge comes your way, just grind it. Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Want a slice. Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life. I've been grinding all my life. Look. All my life. Been grinding all my life.